Blurred up, blurred up. Welcome to the show where we talk about nerd culture from a BPOV, a black POV. I am your host, Brendan, and I'm joined by Ali Soka. What's up? Hi, how are you doing today? We're doing this leapfrog of illness. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to get into this every other week cadence for the show because I'm pretty busy. But on the week that we were supposed to, I think it was the first uh, episode of Moon Knight came out. We were supposed to do it. Then she was a little sick. And then the very next week, folks on social media know I caught COVID. And now we're back here and Allie's a little bit under the weather. I don't know if it's a little bit or a lot of it. She's, you know, she seems, you know, she's, she's toughing it out for us. And so I really appreciate her here. We are going to talk today about Moon Knight, like I said. Finally discuss the first season of Bel Air, Sonic 2, and how the new season of Atlanta is going so far. But first... A 45-minute discussion and deep dive of the infamous slap. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's done. That's done. I've said enough about that on social media, so if you guys don't know my thoughts about that, go to Instagram, at B-L-E-R-D, period, U-P. You can find out my thoughts on that. We're going to talk about Sonic first, I think. Let's get Sonic out the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you were very vocal about not liking the movie yeah i'm not even going to pretend to like this movie and then pull the rug out later yeah i did not connect with this movie uh so much so that it is the first movie i have walked out on probably ever i don't think i've ever walked out on a movie but uh like sonic would say freeze you may be wondering how did i get here <laughs> um longtime listeners know that Two years ago, I really liked this movie. Well, I really liked Jim Carrey in this movie. I think everything around it was serviceable for kids. But I think Jim Carrey elevated off the back of his electric and eccentric uh, improvised performance that had gags that kids and adults could enjoy. But the reality is, I surpassed everything you're ever going to do before I was a toddler. I was spitting out formulas while you were still spitting up formula. I was breastfed, actually. Nice. Rub that in my orphan face. (laughs) You watched the first one, right? I did. I did. Did did you watch it in theaters or? No, I watched it uh, probably a year or two after it came out. Okay. Yeah, I feel like our show was one of the first to like tell everyone, hey guys, this isn't as bad as you think it's going to be. It's not that bad. So going into the sequel, my expectations for this film, for the film itself, were not high. But of course, with the origin stuff out the way, I was looking forward to seeing Tails and Knuckles. And my expectations for Jim Carrey, especially in light of him saying that he'll likely retire after this movie, were quite high. Um, it's like Jordan announcing right before the playoffs that this is his last season. You know, like the movie became an even bigger event for me. Not to mention people were saying that this was better than the first. Honestly, all I needed was maybe 15 minutes of good carry performance to recommend this movie, to just say it was fine. But for me, it didn't give me that. What are your thoughts? I thought it was cute. It was a lot similar to the first one, mm-hmm. which I thought was passively enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I don't, nothing deep, but it's not a deep movie. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. You know, when you're at a club, and the DJ was on a roll, and then they start to fall off a little bit, and you wait to see if the next song is going to be good, but they just keep bombing, and finally you just, you just tap your homie and say, it's, it's time to go. That's how I felt about this movie. 
Like, I didn't find Jim Carrey funny. There were a couple of jokes. Like I said, I walked out after the first hour. There were two scenes, which I'll get into that. I was like, I can't do this. I can't be here. But I thought Jim Carrey just wasn't as funny. Instead of more clever writing or adult jokes that he had in the first one, he just went more over the top with with yelling. He flossed. I mean, that dance is already outdated in the first Sonic movie. funny. I guess. I mean, it was outdated in the first movie, but then the 60-year-old man is doing it. I feel like maybe because he spent so much time on this mushroom planet, it twisted his brain and the performance reflected this kind of just over-the-topness because compared to this one, he was more subdued in the previous film. In the hour I spent with this movie, I laughed twice at him. Spoiler for, for this joke, but I thought it was great. When he was about to get off the planet, he says, I can't wait to get off this piece of shit-talky planet. <laughs> it was a great joke there was one part where knuckles shows up and you know he's he's just beating the shit out of sonic and it just cuts to to him just eating popcorn <laughs> just just his reactions to it it was really funny that was really funny but there's some jokes even in the trailer where he was like it's cold in here let's turn up the heat and i'm like oh. This is kind of, this is very mid, mid-level mid joke here. I felt like the first film, he was the element that kept adults entertained. Whereas in this one, the jokes leaned, at least for the hour I was there, it leaned more towards children. And that was disappointing for me. I mean, to be fair, I did not have any expectations, not even of Jim Carrey. Oh, for real? of either movies so i didn't feel as strongly like i said it was just very cute Mm -hmm. um very campy i think that's the word i would use for it like like you said over the top hijinks what the first movie was but i you're right he was a lot more they camped it up like it's more campy you in in to in, in defense of the second movie in the first movie he mm-hmm. was still relatively sane and we saw him like have that character transformation into Dr. Robotnik that we know in the game series Eggman so they didn't have anywhere else to go <laughs> I that's true as I mean I don't know I'm not a, I'm not a professional Hollywood writer so I but I will say that on the subject of writing, let's get to these two crazy ass scenes that I was I checked out. There's a lot going on in this movie. On the good end, I I liked Knuckles and Tails was fine, you know. But the first film was focused enough when it didn't let Jim Carrey act a fool. But um, you know, in the first film, Sonic is lonely. He finds an unlikely friend. The hijinks ensue while they're being chased. It becomes a buddy cop movie. In this sequel, we have Sonic and Tails team up. Knuckles has his side plot along with the Robotnik team up. Robotnik and his assistant have a kind of a homoerotic arc to an extent from what I saw. And then the human characters like Natasha Rothwell get unexpected amounts of screen time. So the two scenes that had took me out, there was a there 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 was a dance, there was a huge detour for a dance off in a Siberian pub featuring Uptown Funk, a song that came out <laughs> 8 years ago. But, but it still slaps. It's a good song. But it added absolutely nothing to the story. And it, it was too long. And I didn't laugh either. I just felt embarrassed just sitting there. Because I invited my friend too. Because she hadn't seen uh, the first one. 
So I was like, hey, it's fine. Don't, don't worry about it. You know, it's, it's a kids movie. Just, just come for Jim Carrey and just have fun. And we were both just cringing in our seats. The dance-off was reminiscent of like 2000s, mid-2000s DreamWorks level of we're too lazy to write anything story-wise. Let's just put a dance number in there and make it colorful. You know, kids like dancing in colors. The second scene, this is when we left, is the wedding. In the trailer, you see uh, Tasha Rothwell's character uh, looking at an oncoming avalanche, and she literally says, Snow my God. Snow my God. Oh, boy. That's when I tap my friends, like, let's, I, I think we've had enough. <clears throat> I think I've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> the puns the puns were too much well it's like she was such a serious and angry character she was right to be angry about this person ruining her wedding so saying snow my god and like is that's not a that's not a real reaction to what's happening to your big day right now it was just so out of place and i was just like what is this movie <laughs> so i i had enough <laughs> i had to go I had to go. I had to go. The pun, the, la- the pun that broke the camel's back. <laughs> yeah, that, that 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 broke this reviewer's back. It was just one after another of of detours and bad jokes. I mean, here's the thing: if I were a child, I would have loved this movie. But as an adult, just sitting there trying to get something out of it, trying trying to grab onto something. Like in the first film, the first film wasn't really good. It was just it was fine. But Jim Carrey was was that that life preserved to, to, for me to grab onto. I couldn't grab onto anything in this one. I didn't even like Sonic. He's an asshole. <laughs> like he's very unlikable from the very beginning. He's he's a vigilante who's just causing tons of property damage. He don't care. You know his friend Cyclops and his wife go to to this wedding, but as soon as they leave, Sonic destroys the house. He's he's breaking stuff. He would open full bags of chips and just jump around and let them fall over the floor and couch. And he's crunching them with his feet like a teenage blue coked out rick james yo pouch nigga yo pouch (laughs) you know he's supposed to be like a kid in the first again we saw a lot of this personality in the show but it was kind of you mean mean in the first movie yeah in the first movie it was kind of like okay yeah he's a kid because he didn't have anybody to raise him and in the second movie, we see more of them being more like his parents than his friends. Like, oh, you, you can't do that. You got a great power, great responsibility. Yeah, I mean, that, that, was, that was what it was. But in, in the first film, when he was bored, he was reading books quickly. He was playing ping pong by himself and baseball, you know, stalking people, you know, regular stuff. That's because he couldn't be seen. And now we see what happens when, like, he doesn't have that caution of being caught anymore. So he's just. They should have. You know. They should have put an IV of Xanax on that boy, because boy, he was he was wiling. <laughs> and it just, I mean, you could explain that character development, development, quote unquote. But for me, it just came out of nowhere. It was like he was just being extra for no reason. He was even fucking with the dog. That dog was just looking bewildered the whole time. Like this, like, you luck you got powers because <laughs> I would rip your throat out right now. <laughs> Look on his face. I tell you what, I've, I've ranted uh, enough. <laughs> how about you tell me how the last hour was? Because this, this, was, this was a two-hour movie. It was, it's pretty long. Was yeah. it two hours? 150. Yeah, it was two hours. Um, I'll be honest with you. I watched up to what you watched so I could see where you walked out. 
But I didn't get a chance to finish the movie. I was not expecting that. But I was expecting not to expect something, so it doesn't count. Because I had to watch it oh. at home. Because when we in Korea, I don't know if the how it's playing in America, but in Korea it's not popular. Oh right. It's it's kind of out of theaters now. Yeah. So it was actually really hard for me to get a hold yeah. of the movie. We actually had planned, as I told you, to go mm-hmm. this Saturday, but when we got to the theater there were no mm-hmm. more showings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had to watch <clears throat> something else and i don't want to get canceled for it so i'm not gonna say what Uh-oh. it was I can, I can um, guess. <laughs> <laughs> anyway but so yeah when i got home i just watched i was like okay i want to see what brandon saw up until this point but i just thought it was cute i was like oh, okay yeah. whatever well when this comes to netflix i will try to summon the will to finish this because i heard that at the end there is a uh, transformation for sonic that fans all the way back to sonic 2 would appreciate and there's an end credit stinger with a popular character from the dreamcast days who is revealed for the third film so mm-hmm. you know but they're making a third yeah it's already though. been kind of confirmed yeah uh, i mean it wasn't a bad movie but a third one the second movie is already kind of overkill with how it's done but the th- a third one is there a market for this I mean, is it, someone checking yeah, for sonic it's, movies it's making decent money and it's, it's being reviewed better than the first one so that's the thing you know people I, I put this out on instagram about me walking out and there are a lot of people who said i really enjoyed it and you know I, i'm kind of it's cute it's a really cute movie mm, yeah sure uh <laughs> like i'm gonna finish it after we you know, if I can park. access it, yeah, I'll I'll try to finish it too. Some of the best kid films have something for adults too, and I felt like this movie just didn't have a lot of that for me. Like I could play this for my kids like at school and then zone out. Whereas like watching a Pixar movie, there's something in there for me every time, right? This was not Pixar. Like I said, this this is more like early DreamWorks to me as far as the writing was. Anyway, all right, let's let's move on to something I think we can mutually gush about. You want to go Moon Knight or, or Bel Air first? Either is fine, but I think you may be surprised about my opinion okay. of Moon Knight. Now, I, I will say, um, I'm not going to really gush over, over Moon Knight. By and large, longtime listeners know I haven't loved a lot of Phase 4 stuff. But I did like WandaVision, despite how it ended. I think the buildup to it was fantastic. I feel like Moon Knight is going to be closer to that end of the spectrum than, like, the Eternals. Mm-hmm. I know nothing about Moon Knight from the comics, and this time I'm comfortable not doing any extra reading about the hero. I really just want to be immersed in this world created by Mohammed Diab. I've listened to and read some interviews from him, and I just love his enthusiasm and confidence, not only for the source material, but to portray Egypt in a better light than how he has criticized Hollywood for doing, most notably and recently Wonder Woman 84. He went off on that, on that, on that movie. <laughs> anyway, he developed this project with his wife, who is a producer, and he created a 200-page pitch for Marvel, and he was just like... He said, he said in this interview with Collider, he was like, I got it. Like, baby, we got it. And if we don't get it, there's something wrong with those people. Again, I just loved his confidence. I think his energy is infectious, and it feels like he was a joy to work with. 
Uh, have a quick listen to this, uh, this clip by him. And um, me and my wife put a pitch, 200 page pitch. My wife, Sarah Gohar, is my partner, my co-writer. My, she's a producer now on the show. The moment we were done with the pitch, we looked at each other and I told her, Sarah, we're going to get that job or something is wrong in the, with the world. Because it's not just we covered everything because we covered the locations, the tone, the music, the score, the action, um, uh, what's, how, we, how we see Egypt, how we see every location and um, even how to develop the characters. But um, it's like we clicked with the project. It's not just covering stuff. It's just that we knew that we are the best people to tell that story. I thought the first episode was fine. You could see the unique approach to the character or characters with the blackouts and the visions. I was intrigued, but I wasn't wowed by it. However, as the show has gone on and gone into more depth with the backstory and mythology, like this round table of gods, um, I'm, you know, I'm definitely excited to, to keep watching. That's kind of where I'm at right now. I want to see where it goes. I have been largely unimpressed with um, the show, to be honest. And it's because, not because of the, the pacing or anything like that. I'm actually hoping for something that's going to grab me into the show, especially for a lesser well-known character who I don't believe was a person of color in the comics. So I'm really excited to see a person of color play this character, but it makes the backstory of the character a little interesting. And I'm like, my brain can't stop thinking about, okay, so how are they going to do this? So how is that going to work later? What do you mean? Um, with Moon Knight. Well, I'm saying what do you mean as far as like, what are they like, going to do later kind of kind of thing? Like the triggers for his, uh, for those who don't know, Moon Knight, the character has a dissociative personality disorder. Um and each of those, like most people with a dissociative personality disorder, come from traumatic events where they create these characters in their head. And they are doing what I would say is an interesting job um, approaching it. But I'm, I think I just need to see more because I'm not on the train of, oh, this is different, so it's good. I'm like, there's nothing memorable so far in three episodes. That's fair. I feel that. I think the suits are cool, and I think they look good in motion. I think the horror elements, I mean, now that Khonshu, the god, is kind of revealed, he's not really a presence anymore. But I thought leading up to who he was and me learning who he was, I thought the way they, they handled the horror was pretty cool, for Marvel at least. Yeah, I'm also... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm also confused because Kansho is a guy with three heads or three personalities himself or multiple personalities, like the phases of the moon. But we're only getting Kansho as kind of one note. And the whole kind of chemistry between Kansho and uh, Moon Knight is that you're supposed to wonder. It's kind of a cool facet of not knowing... Does Kanshu cause his mental instability? And I won't spoil it or anything with like comic stuff, but or if like how his mental instability came to be. So I'm just really curious of like how they're going to handle that kind of th things within the rest of the show. Yeah. 
I think this is the kind of show where where WandaVision had so many Easter eggs that it took a whole week to really discuss them before we got to the next part. Whereas I feel like this show doesn't really have a lot going on. The show feels like a binge show as opposed to a wait a week for the next drip show. I kind of agree because I'm not that interested to continue from exactly. week to week. I That's how I feel, exactly. In the fight scenes, and I'm usually not a person who is big on fight scenes, Brandon, as you know, because I'm usually almost like, ah, oh, it's fine. But I was really unimpressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because leading up to it, there was the Instagram thing with Oscar Isaac fighting the, his stuntman. And you're like, okay, this is, this is going to be cool. So far, it's been pretty mid for me. Mm-hmm. Um, even on TV standards, obviously the Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier show is is probably number one for fight choreography so far. So yeah, that's that is a bit weak. I agree. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to Bel Air. As soon as I heard that this reboot would be more of a drama than a comedy, I was concerned. the The trend to be darker and grittier can be hit or miss. Just ask DC. So I was a bit cautious about it. <laughs> I I had I forgot about it to be honest. Yeah. I- I remember it being a thing like five right. years ago when the the dude dropped the trailer like at home that he made. And it got picked up by Will Smith and I heard nothing mm-hmm. else. And then boom, it yeah, was here. I, I saw production news for like the past couple of years, but I didn't really think about the show until I forgot who told me about it. I was like, oh, it's it's out? And I, you know, I went through and I tried to find the the um I think at, by that point, it was on episode six or seven. As the show started, I was immediately surprised with how much Will interacted with his mother. Um, the show starts in Philly, where it feels like an origin story as opposed to just getting the gist of Will's situation from the theme song. But it's sweet. Will's an honor roll student, a star basketball player. He has a good relationship with his mom. And I'm thinking to myself, this is a little more dramatic but nothing wild but then it got to the got one little fight my mom got scared and guns are going off (laughs) i'm like whoa what what's going on i was a little uneasy with how intentionally not funny this show is but the more it went on the more i came to the conclusion that this approach was necessary considering so much of the subject matter doesn't really leave room for jokes take lessons marvel um Mental health, blackmail vulnerability, losing yourself in the age of social media and expectations, coming out to your family, marriage disputes, and whatnot. The show traded humor for more honesty and wholesomeness, and I think it's better for it. I want to make a comment on that, too, because that's been a lot of discussion in a lot of these spaces that... The Fresh Prince had a lot of these same discussions. It just threw a laugh track mm. over it. It had a lot of the same situations, but with a laugh track. And I think that without the laugh track, people would watch the Fresh Prince of Bel Air in a different light. Without that pause, they'd be like, haha, this is uh-huh. funny when it's not. Well, I mean, obviously, the, the infamous, how come he don't want me, man, scene had no jokes in there no laughter right and like if we take an example like the parallels 
like in the Fresh Prince when they get taken to jail while driving mm-hmm. the car. And there's laugh tracks over how basically racist the cops are being, right? But that's not a funny situation. But to make it digestible, there's a laugh track there so you don't feel uncomfortable while you're watching our imitate right. life. It's the same show without the laugh yeah, track. I agree. Like I said, I think modernizing it to this degree has improved the show. This show feels like insecure for young adults. There's just enough maturity without going too over the top with the language, the violence, and the sexual stuff. But like Sonic 1, no, I'm joking. But there's <laughs> material for older adults to connect with. Obviously, the Phil and Viv relationship. There's a particular scene where, despite the anger and provocative actions of both characters towards each other, they relaxed and had a mature and open conversation to fix their relationship. And just like young men need to see black male vulnerability uh, done right on screen, and cishet people like myself need to see the struggles of queer people and how to receive them when they are and aren't ready to come out, I think adults need to see proper communication represented on screen. I thought it was fantastic. You know, we're in this age of social media where there are countless advice pages for relationships and some of them are helpful. You know, I follow some of them, but some of them you catch on the wrong day and that advice can encourage you to be necessarily violent or abandon people when you see these red flags. When a cooler head, some empathy and proper communication could solve an issue fairly quickly. And to see that done on screen, I really appreciated that. Yeah. And I think what was also important there was the importance of seeing someone else's perspective because there was a miscommunication of perspectives and what people had remembered Mm. had happened versus what had actually happened, which they came together to remember together to kind of fix that. Because if she had gone her own way with what was happening in her mind and he just continued to what was going on in his mind that wouldn't have been able to be done only because they were looking at each other perspectives and were like okay i could see how that could have happened were they able to yeah. do that these days it's like you're feeling something you talk to your boys yeah man yeah she tripping man leave her man or, you know, you, you just talk to your girls, F him, you know, whatever. And then, that's my girl voice, sorry. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> but, you know, the idea of really just sitting with each other, really sitting there and getting it all out, I thought I thought was, was powerful. And they got it out. Yeah. I was just like to say, it wasn't like, what they call it, um, something honesty. Radical honesty. Radical honesty. They they got it out. When they said radical honesty, I thought they were going to pull blows, pull some, pull the punches. No, they went yeah. for it. Laid all out the the resentment. and But yeah, I, I was really surprised with, with where they went with it. It was very mature. Some of the biggest surprises were Jeffrey and Jazz. Jazz isn't an airhead anymore. I think he and Jeffrey are arguably the moral centers of this show. Jazz is a confidant for Will and Hillary at times, keeping them straight. Jeffrey is this like Jamaican mafia fixer, <laughs> which is like, whoa. <laughs> but he's also confident for Phil. And even they have some drama that, again, I thought was, was really, really, was really um, engrossing. Yeah. Jazz got yeah. swag. Like, not corny swag, but swag, swag. I was like, okay, yeah. Jazz. I was looking at Jazz like, and Jeffrey like, am, am I gay? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, 
Every, everyone is just hot on this show. Vivian's hot. Hillary. Ooh, Hillary is bad. Coco Jones. Yeah, but like Phil ain't the shredder, you know? He's buff. He's confident. He's Everyone's hot on this show. Everyone's a model on this show. Even Carlson. I mean, I, I forgot that even in the 90s show, Carlson like was kind of buff when he took his shirt off. But they really play that up in mm-hmm. this show because he's a, a lacrosse player. Yeah. Uh, they're in, you know, the pretty city, so they that's true. That's very true. I mean, they if, if you're that rich, you you would I I would imagine you would uh, show that. And I'm also happy what they did mm. with Hillary's character. She's not mm. airheaded, you know. She might be a little confused of what she wants to do with life, but at that age, who isn't? <laughs> Her problems are a lot more realistic and tangible and relatable to the general uh, viewership, I would guess. Um, Even though she's rich and an influencer, it's also really good to show that being an influencer is not everything that everyone makes it to be. Having a million followers doesn't mean you got banks, you don't got a bunch of cash, and we see how much she struggles even while having a completely supportive mm-hmm. family to even make a career out of this. And she's one of the people that they tell you will easily be able to make mm-hmm. this a career. Yes, yeah, she isn't like a, a bum content creator like me. She actually has prospects, but but it's <laughs> but it's still challenging for her. You know, I talked about Jeffrey and Jazz, but I feel like Hillary had the I mean it's arguably that she had the, the biggest change compared to the old show. But I mean everyone got got reimagined. I would say maybe Jeffrey and and Hillary are probably like the the, the biggest huh changes for me. I don't know if Jeffrey actually got changed or he just because Je- Jeffrey in the Fresh Prince was a little thug. Okay, I think we I think everybody needs to go I, rewatch I the Fresh Prince because Jeffrey was no. Pushover. I thought Jeffrey was kind of like you know he he was sassy, but it wasn't like a he wasn't he wasn't like this kind of buff handsome dude and like just just wearing these these hot tight ass suits all the time and i wasn't ever afraid of him (laughs) you know what i'm saying (laughs) in this new show it's like the dad is taller and you know he's like they respect each other but he don't i don't think he wanted with him either if push comes to shove like Mm -hmm. jeffrey jeffrey low-key killer i feel like you know what i'm saying like low-key He got them hit. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um I really enjoyed the show. I really enjoyed uh, the relationship with with Will and his love interest too. I feel like, you know, Will and his his love interest feel like normal people. I mean, even though Will and them and her are attractive people, they feel like people next door more than the extended family. Yeah. No, I I've always said that most actors look like normal people, but we always tend to shoot them mm. to look above average. But the thing that they did with this show was actually pull back on the makeup and such so that they could actually look their mm. age. I know that the, the the actress who plays this love interest is actually like 20, but like at 20, you still look fairly young. A lot of these high school shows be having the little 17-year-olds look 30. Sure. So I think they took it back to actually look like what a high school student would actually look like. Yeah. Guys, if you haven't watched Fresh Prince yet, my mom and I have been talking about it. She's watched some of it, but not 
all of it yet, but if you've fallen off on this show or you've been sleeping on it, worried about, you know, it was surprisingly good. I am looking forward to the next season. When it- the soundtrack I need, I mean, I had most of the soundtrack in my playlist, but the mm-hmm. other little pieces I didn't have. It's I like Insecure, right? Insecure has, you know, every episode has, has heat. And I, this was no different. Have you heard the podcast? The, the Fresh Prince podcast, podcast the, the Bel Air podcast. I, have I haven't yet, but I wonder if they do go deeper into the serious subject matter that we talked about or that's in the show. Um, so maybe I can report back later when that happens, when I, uh, when I have a look, a listen. Do you have any, any last uh, remarks? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very mm-hmm. good. Um, everyone should definitely give it a view. But... One piece of advice, but this is advice that should be given for anything, probably, especially remakes. Just go on with a fresh mind. Try not to compare it to the old one so much. I will say that the actor that they chose to play Will Smith is a very good. I really have enjoyed his performance throughout the entire Mm -hmm. season. I definitely feel like I'm looking at a young Will Smith when I'm looking at him and he has those instances and mannerisms that are so much like Will from the show, but so much his own that it is almost uncanny. He's an amazing yeah, he's actor. Gotta Jabari give him Banks. Fantastic. I mean, everyone, everyone's great on this show, but obviously mm-hmm. he, he, he does most of the heavy lifting because it's, it's his show. I mean, and it has to be scary too. He's playing such a, monuments care and black culture so it, it couldn't have been easy for him to go in there and do that but he carried it with yeah, grace he's he's great okay uh keeping on with uh black tv shows atlanta now i know you haven't loved this show i forgot why don't you connect with the show you think oh i i don't know i don't think i just didn't see a lot of things i related sure. to that's but fair. It's weird because I think I'm the demographic Atlanta's supposed to relate to. <laughs> I was raised mm-hmm. in the projects, born and raised, um, and I was the nerdy kid. You know, I'm I'm the Donald Glover character, I think. <laughs> but it was just, I think it's just not my style of comedy and or. I don't know what Atlanta is supposed to be like as a genre, mm. but like. I do remember liking uh, Lakeith Stanfield's character. He was really funny to me, but I think that's the only thing I can remember. Yeah, the the first two seasons, I mean, the first one, I mean, it's, it's all surreal, but I feel like the first season was much more grounded. And then, and then season two just started wilding out. There was this kind of Michael Jackson-esque parody that was fascinating and hilarious and terrifying to be honest um with season three it's really like a box of chocolates now because you don't you really don't know what you're going to get the show has been distinctive from the previous ones in that they explore topics that have been in the the cultural zeitgeist for the past several years but they're done from perspectives that you wouldn't think they would so the, the first episode didn't even feature the main characters um, nor did the fourth. Do you remember that news story from last year uh, in that documentary, Broken Hearts, about the woke lesbian couple who adopted the black kids, but it was later revealed that they were abusive to them and they died? Or no. some of the kids died? I okay, didn't... so... Yeah, wow. exactly. So for those who don't know, just Google Broken Heart documentary, but there's this couple, 
lesbian, you know, they, they, they were seemingly progressive. They were holding Bernie signs. They had their kids outside holding signs and they were putting on social media. And there was a picture of the black kid hugging, tearfully hugging a cop. And then, you know, I forgot how much time later, but like they had driven off a cliff with, I think, at least three of those kids. And they all like, yeah, it was really sad. But the first episode of this show was from the perspective of one of the boys who got adopted. And the way it starts off, you don't know what's happening. Like his biological mother was somewhat abusive or negligent to him. And as a teacher, me, seeing her, how she talked to the teacher about her son, it struck a deep chord with me. So when CPS came and took the boy to this unassuming, you know, nice lady's house, I was like, that's a bit too quick for me. But at the very least, I hope the boy gets better care. But the rollout was like a horror film. It was like a mini get out. When they went to have dinner, she was like, who wants fried chicken? And she takes out these like frozen, you know, seasonless chicken wings and just put them in the microwave. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, it was funny. It starts off kind of funny, but then as it goes on, like the horror starts building up. And I just got to give credit to um, Donald Glover and especially his his cinematographer, uh, Hiro Murai, I believe. He worked on uh, the Flying Lotus uh, video with, with Kendrick Lamar. He's just a phenomenal cinematographer and just the pacing and the editing was just executed so well. The fourth episode felt like a Elseworlds or what if story centered around reparations and some white people's rush to absolve themselves of their ancestors' sins through these DNA tests. Remember that that was kind of a thing? I'm not white. I'm I'm Peruvian or I'm not white. I'm 72%, you know, Hungarian, you know, whatever. But surprisingly, this episode was done from a white man's perspective. And you're kind of seeing this guy, you know, he was already struggling. Like he lost his, you know, he separated from his wife, his, you know, his daughter lives with the wife and he's struggling to keep his job. But out of nowhere, this black woman's like, your ancestors own mine and you owe me money. And you kind of empathize with him like shit. Like he's, even though his ancestors did own slaves. It's not like he's really living it up right now, which is a talking point that a lot of conservatives and liberals alike have about this, this situation. But this show is so excellent at pulling the rug up from under you because there's a dialogue by another white man that talks to him explaining why what was happening was important and why it was due. You know how, unfortunately, it sometimes takes someone from your own identity to break things down for you about another group for you to finally internalize it? It was like that here. And I think this monologue was very powerful. I'll play it a bit here for those who haven't watched the show yet and we'll come back. E, we don't deserve this. Well, what do they deserve? We were treating slavery as if it were a mystery buried in the past, something to investigate if we chose to. Now that history has a monetary value. Confession is not absolution. And in the case of this person, what's her name? Shaniqua. To Shaniqua, to them. Slavery is not past. And it's not a mystery. It is not an historical curiosity. It is a cruel, unavoidable ghost that haunts in a way we can't see. None of us are perfect. So now you're what? You're separated from your wife. She's taking your kid. 
Now she has to be raised without a father. She has to build wealth and success from the ground up, right? Similar to the position we put them in. We're gonna be okay. Between okay. the unique perspectives and social topics and the comedic and horror elements, I wouldn't be surprised if Donald Glover and Hero do a movie in the future. I really, really want it now. Like, I don't want Jordan Peele to be alone out here making heat. I was talking to you earlier about how there's an episode that connects to our experience in Korea and living abroad. And I this brings me to uh, my favorite episode so far. It's when Ern and the crew go to Holland for Playboy's rap tour. So, you know, when we came to Korea and there were so many progressive things like universal health, single payer health care and cheap, accessible transportation. Like I don't need or want a car here. And like cops are relatively friendly. Anecdotally, recently a false claim was reported and the cops came to my friend's door while I was there. And the cops thought I had done something horrible, but they were so chill about it. And I know if that was in the U.S., it would not have gone down like that. You know, everything seems so progressive and then the racism reveals its head. <laughs> I studied in Japan, for those who don't know, and everything was awesome until I went up this escalator at a mall to this Virgin Music store, and there was a whole section dedicated to quote-unquote black music. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is like 2005. If you all want pictures of that, I will upload it to the Discord, which you can search while you're listening to this show. Just search Blurred Up Podcast. Anyway, back to Atlanta. Playboy gets arrested, and you're worried about him. But when it cuts to him, he's in such a progressive jail. My man's ordering food in this kind of dormitory-like like jail cell. And he's so casual with the cops. Have you ever seen the Michael Moore documentary? Um, it's called Where Do We Invade Next? No, but your talk about uh, the progressive prison kind of reminds me i've seen pictures of denmark but they're really nice yes yes they're really nice i'm like dang that prison looks better than my high school my college it looks looks better than some apartments i've been in (laughs) but but yeah so (laughs) so in that doc he goes to norway and as you said like there's like in the jail there's like a recording studio they got xboxes Really Google it, you all. Like, if you haven't seen this, it'll, it'll blow your mind. Anyway, the scenes with Pearboy are hilarious, but when he gets out, he and Ern are walking and stop dead in their tracks because it's during Christmas time out there, and there's a blackface tradition in Norway, and they oh, are, yeah. and they are I... blindsided by it. <laughs> it's, so, it's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, I know what's exactly which tradition you're talking about. Yeah, it's like a about, Santa yes. assistant or something. <laughs> No, okay. it's worse. Well, that's what they were saying in the show, but but yeah. <laughs> but as it goes on, Ern, he asks Paperboy why he went to prison. And then he flashed back to when he was with these two women, they a black and a white woman. They come back to his room, and they're starting to get down to business. And the ladies start arguing about how racist the holiday tradition is in Dutch. And some wild English comes out of nowhere, and I, I lost it. I'll let you guys have a listen at home. Well, happy Sinterklaas to me. Uh, zeg die rotzo alsjeblieft niet. What? Die traditie is racist. Er is hier geen racisme. Um, jullie hebben Rihanna, een nigger bitch genoemd. Die print. That was a compliment. Like, <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm like, what's going on? And and the funny part was. 
they were kind of luring themselves down to Paperboy's, you know, penis area, and it seemed like it was getting hot, and then they started talking about this, so they're starting to get aggressive and fighting right near your most sensitive area, and I'm just feeling this this tension from, from him on all levels, and then <laughs> it's just, it's so funny. It came out of nowhere. There were just so many surprises. There's another surprise I don't want to ruin, but my jaw was on the floor. Okay, you reminded me why... Um, I didn't, I don't care for the show. It, it literally is just, when the show is, um, when it does stuff like that, it literally takes me out of it. Like, you telling me about it, it's probably going to be more enjoyable than me sitting through it. Interesting. Because when I'm sitting through, I'm just going to be like cringing mm-hmm. internally. Like, what the f- it's very unconventional in the storytelling it's such a surreal show like the atmosphere it sometimes feels like this is this could happen but there are also times where it feels like this is kind of an elseworlds standalone really um like like i said with with hero marai's cinematography it's just like the timing and the editing of the shocks like when i was shocked with the blackface there were so many times like oof Right, I laugh. It, there's just immaculately executed to me. I think right now it's my favorite show uh, on TV right now. Mm. So yeah, if you guys have liked Atlanta but forgot it's back on, it's it's great. I honestly think it's possibly better than ever. So yeah, that's my that's my take. Okay, now I have a Please. question for you. What's going on? Have you been keeping up with your? Anime? I have not. I finished Attack on Titan. Um, was it Frankie? Frankie was talking about how. Uh, it seems like it's almost done, guys, but I don't know how it's going to end. And I kind of, I went to check out what she was talking about. And I'm like, whoa, this is not done at all. And then sure enough, the news came out right at the end of the quote unquote final season this year. It's like, oh, actually, we're going to finish it in 2023. <laughs> I just started laughing. Yeah, that show's wild. It's been really interesting watching people engage with um, the subject matter of that particular mm-hmm. show. And in some ways, it's been kind of concerning to me um, people's opinions oh, about on it. Oh, uh, about the genocide I mean, you... aspects of it? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been very concerning. To see, like, that cognitive dissonance, like, people say, like, oh, I completely understand. But if you ask those same people, like, oh, so that means you completely understood mm. Hitler because we literally just watched. This is how Hitler came to be. Like, I don't judge anybody, but I don't think anybody uh, thinks, what's the word? Uh, what did we learn in school? Co- compassion? No, not compassion. Critical thinking. Oh, yeah, that's important too. <laughs> I don't think people think are thinking critically about like their comments. Like they say these things and I'm like, mm, okay, interesting. Well, I don't want to, I don't, I'm not going to dive too far into it, but I think that relates to, to the slap in a, in a sense. I think people have called for violence on so many sides of it. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. violence against Will Smith, violence against Chris Rock. There's even like, oh, it's Jada Pinkett's fault. It's, you know, she needs, you know, people want to project their own violence upon her. It's like all of it is just so, it's so wild to me and sad. And I think that a lot of people, we talked about the Ukraine war with uh, Batman last time, but as soon as we, or not we, as soon as Biden declared war on Ukraine, 
people just took sides immediately. Yeah, fuck Putin. And then, you know, other folks are like, yeah, fuck US. And everyone just kind of immediately takes a side without, as you said, this critical thought about why we are doing this, why we're here. And when it comes to, from Attack on Titan to a relationship between, you know, your friend and their partner to everything, it feel like we are in a society now where we clamor for violence so quickly, as opposed to really just stepping back and asking questions. There just doesn't seem to be a, a lot of curiosity for what and why and how. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I asked you that, but I was actually not a talking about tech. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I brought I, I brought it up, but but please go on. <laughs> you did, but I was like, well, that, yeah, that is a good point and a good conversation. But I was actually going to talk about One Piece. <laughs> I just took that bus and we going over here. We way over here. I I I didn't take a bus. I took a I took a Millennium Falcon and light sped <laughs> over here. No, um, so I watched One Piece. Uh, I don't read it. I mm. stopped when they were about to start the Wano arc, and I want to let that finish, and then I'll watch the whole thing. I, I think kind of like with Atlanta, I, I like the timing of the jokes and the voice acting and the music. I can't read it, so I'm just going to wait. Mm. How is it for you uh, so far? I don't I don't watch One oh. Piece. I, I read <laughs> I read. Um, we are opposites today I on can't. a lot of things, aren't we? <laughs> We're usually, you know, in sync. It's, I, it's all good. That's great. Go ahead. No, it's because I can't watch the animation. So I'll read about it. I'll read a whole mm-hmm. synopsis. I will read a book of One Piece. It's not that I hate mm-hmm. the story. I literally cannot stand watching it. The art's gotten better, but yeah, it's not. It's not as like as well done as like your Naruto's and really anything else. I mean, the, the, the art, it's not really, <laughs> there's really only a couple times where I'm like, wow, that was really cool. Like to me, One Piece is about emotion. And for example, mm-hmm. when, when Luffy punched the celestial dragon for the first time because he shot uh, Hachi and just seeing that anger in his face and the music behind him and the voice acting, the animation I thought was just, I, it's not, beautiful but sometimes when it deals with the emotions emotional parts of the show it's a step above i think most Mm. and are you looking forward to any uh new anime that is coming out this next season most of the anime of the season Mm -hmm. has ended demon slayer has ended uh, attack on time not ended but you know they they finished their seasons uh attack on time has finished and uh jujitsu kaisen's movie Mm -hmm. has come out did you watch that movie we're going into the new season I can't find it. <laughs> they go into the theaters here. It's Japanese with like Korean subtitles, so we can't even hear anything. I know, yeah. which is a struggle for me. I can't, I can't watch Japanese with Korean subtitles because Japanese and Korean are too mm-hmm. similar. So when I watch, my brain does this weird thing where it just shorts out because <laughs> I'm trying to read the Korean subtitles, but I'm hearing yeah. the Japanese. It's a, it's a wild I was sad time. when um, the Dragon Ball Super Broly movie came out here and I couldn't watch it because I really wanted to see the over-the-top you know, laser show on the big screen, but it was, you know, I could, I wouldn't be able to understand. Anything. Yeah. My husband went to see it without me. I was sure I would be able to find mm-hmm. it faster than I have been able to find it, but it's been actually been kind of hard to nail down about these that. more recent anime movies. They've been really like keeping mm-hmm. a lock on them. I don't know what they're doing, but it's not easy to be a no, pirate. <laughs> not easy at all. I, to answer your question, 
I don't follow anime that hard anymore, so I'm going to have to defer to you to recommend stuff to me and to our our lovely listeners. I'm going to recommend everyone, if you have Netflix and you hate the world and want to hate the world a little bit more, <laughs> go watch Kotaro Lives Alone. I'm sure you've heard that one being recommended a lot. It's 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 heartbreaking, really? honestly. Um, for those who don't know, it's about a four-year-old boy named Kotaro who literally lives oh, alone. Wow. And he's so serious. He's such a serious little character. But he's a four-year-old boy. And basically, his neighbors take care of him. But, you know, the sad part is, like, finding out why he lives mm. alone and kind of the... They don't outright tell you things that happen. There's a lot of stuff where you, like... Oh, it's implied. Okay. This this is wild. <laughs> so it's definitely one of those animes you didn't expect to be good, but it was a really good anime of the. Is this kind of like a Grave of the Fireflies kind of sadness, or it's sadder Ooh, than that okay. in a way? Damn, it's really deep. It's and and it's not just about him. It's liter- It's about everyone around mm. him too, um, because they're living. You've lived in Japan, so you know these kind of uh, apartments that they have in Japan are really yeah. cheap. They don't even have mm-hmm. baths, and bathing is huge in Japan. So they have to like go to the um, I forgot what they call it in Japanese, but like the bathhouse. Yeah, the onsen. They have to go to mm. the onsen instead of bathing at home, kind of deal. Um, they're very small, cheap houses. So the people who live there also have like their own stories that are also kind of wow. tragic. I'm not sure I want to be saddened right now, but <laughs> I was thinking like, you're, like again, we're talk, talking about taking the wheel of the bus. I thought it was like, oh well, you know, you, you know, we were talking about Attack on Titan and One Piece. Let's talk about these, you know, these cool, fun adventure stories. Okay. <laughs> Got to keep the people. Yeah, guessing. I mean, I guess so. Here's some ad- adventures. <laughs> In depression <laughs> and nihilism. I mean, um, to your age, talking about sad shows. Can I ask really, really quick? Is there like another season coming for that show, or is it like a complete story? I think there was talk of okay. another season, but currently, if it stopped here, it's still It'd be a fine. Okay, story. okay, okay, cool. That's good. Okay, yeah. I'll check it out. Maybe um, <laughs> <laughs> it won't make. Well. It didn't make me cry, and I feel like I'm a fairly easy crier as far as when anime mm-hmm. is concerned. It, anime can really punch Same. me in the gut. Um, I didn't cry, but maybe I'm just traumatized, so who knows. Uh, but a lot of people did say they cried because it is very, like, sad. It's funny, though. It's funny but sad at the same time. It's really interesting As a mix. teacher, and I have had to deal with like domestic abuse and other things of that nature i'm not sure i could do it uh even in one piece the was it the uh, the caesar arc with the big giant kids there was one scene in particular where one of the kids like almost od'd on candy and i cried like spongebob buckets on on, on the floor you yeah, might cry. yeah you might i'm not sure i can do this right, yeah, yeah. i know you with that being said I'm not you, sure I can you do may this cry one, I mean, I but but I've been giving it a shot uh, when I'm in a better place. Yeah, sure. Um, new season anime to your eternity mm. is getting a new season, which I'm surprised about because that show is it's 
show is so wild. what's the genre <laughs> i guess it would be considered isekai mm-hmm. but it's tragic <laughs> it's like first season of um what's that show called with the kids with the monsters the demons Demon Slayer? do you know what i'm sure no no, no 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 kids who get eaten by demons oh i don't know i mean how many um, the, oh promise Neverland. isn't that a genre it's like <laughs> just kids getting eaten <laughs> <laughs> season one it's like season one of promise neverland sad that's how sad this show is if you haven't seen promise neverland only watch season one or just read the manga don't read don't watch season two it's trash but yeah when someone tells you a show is sad right you always expect it to be sad at the mm-hmm. end that's not to your eternity. You're sad from episode one, and you just continue to be sad. I mean, Attack on Titan, right? Like, old dude's mom got eaten the first episode. You're like... I wasn't sad in Attack on Titan. I was disturbed for the first season. <laughs> I mean, the fact that this dude's mom just got eaten in the first episode, you're like, wow. I was too grossed out to Fair. be sad by his mom. I mean, I didn't, I didn't cry about it, but I was like, oh, wow, this is... Wow, we like, went here. More than oh no, in in two mm-hmm. year eternity, it's boohoo. It's like what the fuck? You just ripped my heart out and stumped Ooh. on it in the first episode. I don't even know this character, but I'm already sad. What? Yeah, that's what. That's. Do like. you have? Do you, I, I don't know if I can speak for the rest of the audience. <laughs> Just, just life, life. You know, between to? COVID and you know, just, just the state of the world, we're, 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 we're in war. We're at war right now. Economy sucks. We <laughs> just elected a Korean Donald Trump character. I mean, like, I kind of need a, something a little happier. Do you have anything happier for us? To be fair, and to my own credit, um, a lot of the anime that has been released recently is kind of like. They have these young characters. I mean, that's most anime, but like these specific newer, newer anime that are not Demon Slayer, Jujutsu Kaisen, or mm. something like that, um, are, are all fairly deep. Like you, you're not just passively watching these mm-hmm. shows. They are. They all have something mm-hmm. to say. That's great. I mean, you know, One Piece has things to say. I mean, there's there's been talks like about slavery and drug use and all kind of mm. stuff. But, yeah, of course. But it's still, there's a lot of yeah, lightheartedness yeah. in the One Piece story that kind of helps us. Even in Naruto, even though it's like mass genocide of an entire race in there, there was like a lot of lightheartedness. A lot of these newer shows are really mm-hmm. heavy. Like, I these are not for kids. I feel like One Piece and Naruto, like, these shows were actually created with the intention that these would be seen by children. The new generation of anime from Japan is like, oh, no. (laughs) No. No children should watch. Demon Slayer? No. Jujutsu? Heck no. No. (laughs) Yet they're the most popular. Okay. Mm. I mean... I tell you what, you can talk off. You can send me some recs that that aren't so depressive. Uh, <laughs> but this is—we have definitely found Ali's bag. That's for sure. It took half a year or more, but we have finally found Ali's bag for sure. I'm a weeb. We're gonna have yeah. a, uh, Ali's recommend section now of, of stuff I have never heard of. I mean, you're like a walking Wikipedia page. You're like, if you like 
this show, then it's more like season one of that. But like, don't do that. And I'm like literally trying to mentally hang on with you, like a like a like a chimpanzee <laughs> in the jungle, just going from branch to branch. I I don't I never watched Promise Never Neverland. Like I know there's like that famous black character that people cosplay. I don't know anything about the show though. Um, Are you talking about the I mama? Guess, uh, like sister, a black woman. Sister. Yeah, I I don't know anything about her, but okay. like <laughs> I've like I've heard these names. Some of them I haven't heard at all, but it feels like I'm like clicking hyperlinks in a Wikipedia page when I when you're talking. <laughs> but yeah, well, I do. We just no, it's cool. Out, Luckily, right? this this is recorded, so I can I can I can <laughs> I can go back and actually. Okay, but I think we should yeah. leave it here. We yeah. have talked quite a bit. It's just no, it's hour. all good. It's all good, folks. I hope you all got a lot of that because I sure as hell did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be editing this show in, with a a notepad. There's like a decade between us. I think that's why. Yeah, you know, because when I was your age, I was following a lot of the stuff. And I think just because I'm yeah. just, I'm doing so much right now and I'm watching other shows, you know, like, again, Atlanta and like other things like that of that nature. Yeah, exactly. I'm, You're like the adult blurred. And I mean, like the older adult blurred. I'm young adult blurred. And then there's like teenage mm-hmm. blurs who have completely different. You know, I think interests. everyone just has their bags, right? Like I've been listening mm-hmm. to like rap as well. And um, I'm getting back into reading more again. Big shout out to, again to Khadija for that recommendation of, of Dark Matter. Around my birthday last fall, I started reading Stoicism. And I took a break from that book. But I'm back into that now. And I'm trying to read that with the better rhythm and i'm just doing so many different things that anime is such an expansive mm-hmm. universe like it's like i said <laughs> i feel like there is a genre just about killing children you know at this point there's just so many crazy violent shows attack on titan and you know as you said so to like to really all right if you want a show that's just light and this mm-hmm. is for everybody if it's light not soul crushing sadness that you want and it's getting a newer season soonish that time i got reincarnated as slime. slime it's an isekai but it's really good, really great art, some great fight scenes. It's got enough fan service, but not okay. too much. You know, it's got something for everybody. Here you go, guys. There's your... And <laughs> <laughs> for me. All right, guys. Thank you all so much for listening to our show. I will try to not get sick and uh, try to release these shows a little more frequently. I would say at this, try to expect an every other week cadence. If we miss one, I will let you all know via the social medias, which you can find us at B-L-E-R-D period U-P on Instagram and on Twitter, B-L-E-R-D-U. And of course, find our Discord. We are talking about a lot of stuff in there now, things that we don't talk about on the show. Right now, for example, I posted some news about how, uh, was it, there are four planets that are in alignment right now. Um, that's really fascinating. You can see this right now in the middle of, of April, I think lasting until the end of April. Just cool little things that we find interesting in there. And yeah, Allie, where can they find you? Allie Soko, A-L-Y-S-O-K-O on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, or Facebook, literally wherever you do social media. Where? By the way, I posted my first <laughs> TikTok. I posted a, uh, a Splatoon video of me just surviving in a crazy rush. Find me on Blurdy B on TikTok and show some love. All right, y'all. Take care and peace. Peace.